Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and I'm not your life coach, just a girl who never gives up. Hey guys, welcome to today's interview episode. This one has been a long time coming in my head because ever since I started chatting with this wonderful woman about all that she does and all the ways that she could help me and my family and my friends, I just knew I wanted to be able to share her. If you followed me for a while, you know that I have a gut health referral dare to eat full experience program for the person who perhaps wants to lose weight but doesn't feel like their gut is in the right place to do that. And so I refer that client to Kristen and we either service the client together or first have the client work with Kristen and then come to Crossroads of Fitness. So super exciting to be able to even collaborate with her. She is a wealth of knowledge. She is very experienced and she's very passionate about what she does, which is that she helps you heal your gut. She's a functional nutritionist. She helps people all over the world. And it's a very personal mission for her. So I'm excited for you to get to know more about what she does, how she founded her business, how she continues to grow her business, and how she did it all out of pure passion for helping others not have to go through what she herself went through. So without further ado, I introduce you Kristen Thomas of Thrive by Food. So how are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm glad we get to finally do this. I know we got to talk about it briefly over New Year's, which is awesome. So I want to get started with the quote of the day. And I always find one that I think, you know, either my guest relates to or maybe I relate to, and I think they'd be a good source of knowledge on it. And that is the quote that says, if we don't make time for our wellness, we make time for our illness. And I would love for you to speak to that. I love that when, when you sent that to me, that just spoke really deeply to me because, you know, you only have so much time in your life anyways. Right. And so you have to choose what you spend it on. And I see so many people, you know, just kind of postponing or prolonging the time it takes to address their health by either changing their diet or reducing stress or things like that. And instead they're spending time managing their illness. They're, you know, having to take time off of work or, you know, just being bedridden or, you know, as soon as they get home, they're just spending time on the couch because they're so sick and and that's them spending time on their illness versus, you know, meal prepping in the kitchen or, you know, looking online and learning something, which is spending time on your wellness. So I, I love that analogy. Yeah, no, I think that you and I can both relate to kind of cleaning up the illness or fixing the illness. And it is, I would almost say more of a time commitment going to all the doctor's appointments and doing those things than just making good decisions on nutrition specifically even is. So I knew you would love that one. So the other thing I always start off with is you're on a plane and you, someone says, what do you do? And I interview people who do very interesting things or multiple things. So that's why I asked the question and I would love to hear how you would answer. Yeah. So it's so funny. Like what I do is is complex in some ways. So I love thinking about how I can boil it down. (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean, what I would say at the end of the day is, I mean, my official title is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, but essentially what that (laughs) means in layman's terms, because nobody knows what that means when I tell them that. I basically help women who have 
chronic illnesses like digestive health conditions, hormone imbalances, infertility, things like that, like very deep rooted, you know, very personal type illnesses, figure out what's actually at the root of their condition, you know, what deep rooted imbalances in the body are going on that have led to those conditions or symptoms that they're having. Yeah. Doing that through like functional lab testing, which is really advanced testing, you know, customizing diets, doing things like that, doing kind of that deeper layer of work so that they can essentially rebalance their bodies and actually have, you know, actually have a good chance of recovering from whatever they're going through and also maintain their health for the rest of their life. Yeah. So I remember you reaching out when you first got started. And for those of you listening, you just, I mean, Kristen just took off. I mean, I had started a year and a half prior Crossroads of Fitness. And I remember you saying, here's what I'm going to start. And I feel like you've just, I don't know. I, I think Maybe it's better to say I started an accidental business and I feel like you started a very intentional business. And so I'd love for you, before we get too much into the really helpful information you could provide specifically to health and wellness, to go into how you started, how you laid the groundwork and why. Yeah, it it was definitely a very intentional thing. Prior to me getting into this field, I was in a completely different field. So this is a huge shift for me, but it was very intentional and very planned out. I was very much trying to find my purpose at the time right before this. I think you and I had initially met through spin instructor training. That was one thing I was trying and I was like, no, this isn't quite it. I tried Pilates. I was like, no, this isn't quite it. And then I found the functional nutrition side of things. And I was like, yes, this is it. Because Mm -hmm. I had gone through working with practitioners like myself and it was so deeply meaningful that Mm -hmm. I just knew that this was like the the thing for me. It just, it, it really struck a chord deep down in me. So I just basically, you know, found out the certifications that I had to get by talking to other practitioners that were already a couple years ahead of me. And, you know, just kind of did that kind of behind the scenes, you know, started my business, started my website, started reaching out to people, started thinking about, you know, my social media presence, all that good stuff. Just kind of like built it from there. But really, the first place I started was talking to people who had already been there about, you know, where did you go to school? How did you get started? Where do you find clients? You know, how do you sort of niche yourself in such a broad industry and things like that? And and from there, I've just kind of led my business through intuition and passion and just seeing, you know, what areas I want to expand into and who else I want to help. Yeah, that is incredible. And I think one question I ask sometimes, depending on the person, because a lot of people get stuck at this point, and that is, you know, you could, you hear stories of working your way through college. You have, you hear stories of someone, cause that's kind of a natural path and not everyone has funds handed to them for school. So you, you work, you go to school and it's pretty a simple situation. But for people like us who have started business after school, And like for real estate brokers, for instance, you know, you have to have something paying you because your deal cycle is, you know, one to two years out. So for you, what were you doing to kind of keep yourself afloat financially in order to pursue those certifications, buy your website URL and actually take action? Because I think a lot of the people listening might have the idea, but be stuck on the details of, well, I'm not going to be making money yet. Yeah. So I was in, like I said, I was in a totally different profession before then. I actually was owning a um, a small like boutique digital marketing firm in Boston, which I still run on the side Amazing. today. And I think we'll get into that in a yeah. bit. 
But so I was doing that. And so I was working with a lot of, you know, companies on like a retainer level, helping them kind of kickstart or scale their entire marketing program. So I was kind of handling a lot of stuff for them. So that was bringing in a good amount of income. So basically what I did is I just kind of, you know, laid out, here's the cost of the schools that I want to go to. Here's my monthly income. Here's how I can make that happen. So, you know, I think a lot of people think, you know, if I'm going to go into, you know, a different industry or go back to school or whatever, that I just have to quit everything that I'm doing right away. But one of the biggest realizations I had, and that I had heard from a couple of other people who had kind of gone down this route was you don't have to like, it's just, it's not just all or nothing. Like you can have a fusion and that's okay. I love that doing what you're doing right now to fund that. So I essentially used my marketing income and and that job to fuel this this passion of what I ultimately wanted to do. So Mm -hmm. I basically just cut down expenses on other things that I was spending my money on that I didn't truly need so that I could devote those resources to going to these schools, starting my business, you know, all the expenses involved with that and just laid it out, you know, slowly. I didn't, you know, rush into it all. I didn't spend $10,000 all at once. So I, you know, spread it out so that it was manageable and I didn't go into debt. And that's really still how, how I do it today. Amazing. And I just, I love that you said you can do a fusion of things. I mean, that's why I have you on this podcast. I interview people who are constantly doing multiple things. And one thing I don't think anyone has actually just come out and said is what you just did. That is when you have multiple forms of income, you can use one to drive the project of passion. And I think we're, I'm going to kind of jump ahead here for a second and we'll get to it later, but an example for me was I funded my own book and I would say it's safe to say you're doing the same thing. And your book topic is actually one of the initial questions that I wanted to bring up, which is the subject of your book. I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, that is kind of what drove you to do everything you're doing, your business and this book. So, you know, a lot of successful people go through points of pain or failure or discouragement or something that motivates them to really take off. And so I'd love for you to share your story that, you know, got you to where you are. Yeah, definitely. So I got into being a functional nutrition practitioner because the health journey that I had been through. So starting in about middle school, I was starting to just have a lot of digestive health issues. You know, food wasn't agreeing with me. I was getting stomach aches all the time. The bathroom was becoming my best friend. All that not so fun stuff that a lot of other people today are are dealing with. And so for a while, I just, you know, kind of went the conventional medicine route, you know, was taking, you know, proton pump inhibitors for my acid reflux, you know, pepto small Tums, you know, going to the doctor's office more often than I would have preferred, you know, once the sort of stress of of the real world came in, and I started working full time in house at a company at at my first and second job out of college, that stress just kind of catapulted everything and kind of tenfold increased the symptoms I was having to the point where I was in the ER, you know, several times a year, because I was just so sick, so sick. And you know, no food is really agreeing with me at that point and came to the point where, you know, I was sitting in my doctor's office after my latest ER visit. And he told me that, you know, my body had stopped responding to the medications that, you know, were arguably supposed to be helping me and and helping me get better. And he said, you know, if the next round, he wanted to try one more round of them. He said, if that didn't work, we'd be looking at some serious surgery by taking out colon. And I was like 22 or so at the time and something just didn't add up. It just didn't seem like the right path for me. I didn't know anything about nutrition because nobody was talking to me about diet. My doctor said, you know, you can try to see a nutritionist, but it's just, it, you know, no matter what you eat, it's not going to help your condition. Strongly believe that he was wrong. 
And I just took a leap of faith. I just literally followed my gut and knew that there was something else out there. So I walked out of his office and never looked back and, you know, just started doing some research on my own and started to find practitioners in the more, you know, alternative holistic space. And within a matter of weeks, I started feeling better. Amazing. That was just incredible because for years I'd been so sick. Nobody had talked to me about what to eat or what not to eat or other things to do to promote healing, not just masking the symptoms. So that they come back a couple of months later. I just fell in love with what they were doing. And like I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, I began to interview them, you know, the coaches I was working with about, you know, where did you go to school? Like, how did you get into this? Is it hard to get into? Is it easy? Like, what's it like starting the business? Curiosity, really. Yeah. You just started asking said that, you know, they got into it because of their own health journey, you know, whether it was severe hormone imbalance or infertility yeah. or like liver issues or whatever it was, you know, everyone had their story. And I was like, all right, perfect. Like, you know, I have a story. I deeply resonate with this. I want to help people find this path because it took me so Years. long to find that this was even an option. Yeah. And I could only imagine that there's other people who don't know that that's an option. So I wanted to help to influence you know, my sector of, of the world on, you know, how they could find this as well. So like I said, I just kind of started interviewing them, jumped on board in the, with the schools. I didn't have like a plan. I didn't have like a business plan later. Love right? it. <laughs> Love it. Here's, you know, my five-year strategy here, yeah. you know, marketing plan. I didn't have any of that. I just literally you had got passion school because it was going to be a whole year long anyways. And I knew I would learn how to build the business during that program anyways. So I just kind of, started the school while I was, like I said, doing my marketing job full time, I was just kind of, you know, listening to, to tutorials and stuff and doing the tests, you know, in between meetings with clients and over lunchtime and like at night and on the board. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday night calls. You're like, yep. Sunday morning calls. It's like, no one's doing anything. So we got to do it then. <laughs> Whenever I could fit it in. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty much how I got into it. So, you know, now I work with people who have the same condition that I do, which is ulcerative colitis and a very similar one called Crohn's disease and, you know, celiac disease. And like I said, hormone imbalance, liver detoxification, kind of a lot of areas like that, thyroid issues, really like as a functional practitioner, I see the body as one whole system. Yeah. Like it's, it's working together. We're not ever yeah. just, you know, just focused on just the liver, just digestion and everything. Uh, so, you know, people come to me all the time saying, can you help me with X, Y, and Z? And I say, yes, because of the way that I approach the body, it's, it's one body and there's so many things that we can do to rebalance it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I tell, you know, the people who come to work with me, like there's, there's nothing, there's probably no symptom that I haven't experienced at this point. Yeah. So resonate when people come to me, you know, in a flare or, you know, unable to eat food or whatever it is, because I deeply understand what it's like. And I also understand what it's like to do the things that it takes to overcome that. Yeah. And now you are turning from what you've told me, and I'm going to do a little book pitch for you, but you are turning your experience, your story, your journey, and then actual tips that you've used to overcome these things for your book. And what I remember you saying to me very recently was that like the documentary slash, maybe it's a legitimate movie, Brain on Fire on Netflix, it was a similar medical mystery. And this girl went through something very unique and she doesn't want anyone else to go through that again. And that's, that's what you're doing. You're writing that story that is going to change people's lives. And it's so admirable. So I just appreciate that so much about you. And 
Do you have a timeline so you can tell the listeners when you think? I mean, I know it's hard to say. I've been there. But what what is your goal timeline for the book? Yeah, so that's actually one of my big goals for this year is to finish the book. I don't have any like hard and set timeline for it. I'm I'm just kind of letting it flow and enjoying the process, not putting any like strict deadlines to add stress to the process by any means. But I do want to have like the first full draft done, hopefully within the next six months or so. Yeah. And then just kind of seeing where, where the process goes from there. But it it is so funny when I saw that movie brand on fire on Netflix, that was actually what sparked me to do this because, you know, I had been blogging about, you know, my story and my journey for so long and posting on Instagram, like the whole internet kind of knows what's going on at this point. But when I saw that movie, I was like, Oh, wow, like there's another platform that I could use to tell the story at an even larger level. I mean, imagine if if my book one day became a movie like that, you know, that would be amazing, because I'm sure that her story with her, her brain, I don't know if it was a brain disease or, or whatever it was, it was inflammation in the brain. I'm sure that sparked so many people to understand, you know, what else could be going on and what else to look into. And I can only imagine what that story could be like with a digestive health spin on it. So it was funny when I after I watched that, I immediately texted my husband and one of my best friends. You know, I said, I'm going to write a book. I'm so inspired. And they're like, they both responded something along the lines of, I knew it. It was just a matter of time. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's so, it just shows, you know, people understand your drive and your passion for this project and just what you do in general. And I can also relate, you know, Instagram is such a great tool, but when you're putting a tidbit here and a tidbit there and a tidbit there. It's like, I don't expect everyone to keep up, you know, and and it's somebody's going to enter into the brand of Thrive by Food or Kristen Thomas by way of one post you make, but they're not going to know the whole story. And I agree. It is another platform to exist on. And, you know, by I think by putting it in a book, you're just putting a bow on it, you know, like here's the whole package that can actually change your life. And, So I'm very excited for you. And I'm sure that everyone listening, and we're going to get into some like crazy random health tips that I know you have, but I want you, if you can, because I know I had given you a little bit of heads up on these questions to give the audience or listeners the three most basic things you can do today to be on the way to more optimal health. Yeah. I would say the number one thing is to look at the food that you're eating, because especially if you have a digestive health condition, but this really applies to anything going on in your health, the food that you're putting in your body, despite what your doctors told you, despite what my doctor told you, it has a direct impact on how you're feeling because your body is interacting with that food. It's breaking it down. It's absorbing it. It's doing things with that food. So you're either fueling your body with good food or you're you're essentially, you know, clogging up your body and making it more toxic with, with foods that are not good for it, like processed foods. So, you know, one of the first places that I start with pretty much everybody I work with is, you know, cutting out processed foods. So, you know, fried foods, fast foods, foods that, you know, are, are packaged or canned or frozen in the grocery store. Those things are considered processed foods and they oftentimes have artificial ingredients or, you know, inflammatory ingredients, basically ingredients that our bodies don't recognize because they're produced in a factory. They're not Mm -hmm. produced in nature and our bodies at a very primal level aren't used to, you know, dealing with those in the first place so they can cause inflammation and issues in the body. 
So that's one of the very first things to do is to remove those. So then kind of following on that tip two would be, you know, I never like to leave people in a place of deprivation of, you know, here's all the things you can't have because that can be very overwhelming, you know, especially the majority of, of their diet right now, which for so many people it is, is to just load up on more greens, you know, more just veggies, fruits, water, you know, organic foods as much as you can. And it can be a gradual process, you know, obviously making the switch also involves having a budget for it because, you know, organic and clean and fresh foods do cost more generally than than processed foods. So it can just be a matter of, you know, over time switching out meals, but making sure that you're getting, you know, some form of greens, whether it's broccoli or kale or collard greens or whatever it is into each meal can be really huge. Awesome. And then probably the third tip would be, and this is something that seems so simple, but so many people are not doing it today is to chew your food. You know, we're, <laughs> we're eating on the go. We're eating in a rush. We're thinking about other things. We're not present with our food. So, you know, we're half chewing our food and we're swallowing it. And what that does is that requires, you know, the rest of your digestive tract to do so much more than it's, than it's really kind of built to do. You know, our mouth is where digestion starts. Oh, technically in our brain when we think about food, but secondarily the mouth because you have saliva and in saliva, there's enzymes that start to break down the food and your teeth mash up the food. So that is a huge part of the digestion process. And then the rest of your, your intestines are meant to just continue to break that down and then absorb the nutrients. But if you're not doing the job up in your mouth, imagine what the rest of your system has to do. And especially if you have inflammation or bloating or pain going on, that's only going to be exaggerated when you're requiring your body to do even more. So it's one of the most simple things you can do is just chew your food more. And I guarantee people will, will see a good impact from that. Amazing. I love that. So to take it a step further from these simple tips, I would love for you to share based on what you went through, kind of what a couple things, you know, so you're writing a whole book about it, so you can't say everything, but a couple things that you did that were really instrumental in helping you heal. And then maybe how that segued into your current routine for staying healthy. Because a lot of people are listening to this because they want self-improvement. They want to learn tactical things they can do to feel more optimal in life, whether it's digestion or de-stressing or any of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the first things I did was tweaked my diet. So the specific things that I removed were wheat. So gluten products, pasteurized dairy, refined sugar, like white table sugar, soy, and temporarily I moved, I removed eggs. So those were the biggest things that I removed. And I think the one that had the biggest impact was removing gluten because I, anybody who knew me, you know, 2010 and prior knows that pasta was like my favorite dish. Like every dinner I'd be making some type of pasta dish. I don't know why I loved it. (laughs) And so I was pretty much having that every single day and, you know, breakfast sandwiches and regular sandwiches and, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, as soon as I started to reflect on that about how I felt when I was not having gluten, I was like, you know, every time I was having wheat products, I was getting stomach aches or I was rushing to the bathroom and now I'm not. So there was a direct correlation between that for me. And I've seen that happen with so many of my clients and other people that I talk to. So that was one of the biggest things. So if you're looking to kind of prioritize like what foods to remove, I definitely recommend at least for 30 days trying to remove gluten and dairy and refined sugar if you can. And a lot of people also have benefits from removing soy. 
so that was that was really the first step for me. And then from there, it was really about kind of looking at the ecosystem inside my digestive tract. So the microbiome, which is a popular word that people are yeah. hearing about today, just basically means what's the environment of the good bacteria and the bad bacteria yeah. inside your gut. And because of my inflammatory bowel disease, my autoimmune condition, ulcerative colitis, I had terrible gut function. You know, there was what's called blunt atrophy or basically damage to the actual villi inside your gut, which helps to like move food along and it helps, you know, good bacteria stay there and all that good stuff. Tons of damage to that. I, I found that out through some advanced testing. So I had to bring in a lot of like anti-inflammatory supplements and foods to help me to basically recover from that damage and to restore function. One of those things was definitely probiotics, which is a very hot topic these days. Oh my gosh, yeah. So we could probably spend a whole nother podcast talking about that. We should do one on probiotics. It's just this plain title, probiotics podcast. Let's do it. So I'll just leave it at that for now. But probiotics were definitely a, a big step for me. And it's a very individual thing too. So I never like to recommend probiotics, you know, sort of as a blanketed thing because it can be very personalized. But yeah, that was one of the biggest things too. And then one of the things that I learned about early on that could have helped me, but I brushed under the rug for way too long was stress. And the Ooh, we talked about this recently. Yeah. yeah. So it was something where like my stress in my job at the time was just getting worse and worse literally by the day. And I was feeling that in my stomach. Like I would just be sick to my stomach thinking about work because of how stressful and, and awful it was. And, you know, but at the time I was like, well, this is how I make money. This is, you know, this is what work life must be because I was early in my career. I didn't know otherwise. Yeah. So I was like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. So I guess I'm just going to put up with it for a while. But then it sort of came to a head and I quit that job because I couldn't take it anymore. I knew that the stress was literally killing me. But then even when I started my own business, that comes with its own stress. And yeah, I ignored that for a while because I was like, well, I'm, not, I'm an entrepreneur and I have all these responsibilities now and this is just what it's like. So I just let the stress go on for a while. And it's only been in the past like year and a half or so that I've really kind of doubled down on stress. And it's just amazing to see. I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, 100% where I want to be. I think it's going to be, you know, a continuous journey still. Yeah. But I'm so much further along than I was. And I could have, you know, I could have worked on this so much earlier, but how my digestion has felt the past year and a half with in correlation with how I've been reducing stress has been extremely interesting to see like how much better I feel physically when my stress is actually tended to. So that was another huge part. And that's a huge focus point of, of me both last year and this year. Awesome. I can so relate to that you know, through acupuncture, meditation, those things too, that my digestion has improved so much. So, so you went through this crazy health journey. You did initial steps to heal. You've kind of gone through what your, you know, more recent tactics have been before we hop back into business. I, I am someone that you know, believes that health is a constant journey, right? You see runners outside running every day and they're super thin and fit. It's not because they just decide to run today. It's because they go for that run on a high frequency. It's, it's part of their routine. And so as on top of the stress reduction stuff you're doing, I, one of the reasons I love following you on Instagram and everyone should follow her, the links will be in the show notes is that you are putting up, you know, you're, practicing what you preach. You're trying new things, whether it's the infrared sauna, or I think the other day you posted about a coffee enema. Like what are the most 
interesting things that you have seen, you know, in the space that you're in and that you're exploring as, you know, it is part of your due diligence as a business owner in this space and, and what has surprised you out of the most random things you've tried recently. Oh gosh, I'm always trying things. I mean, I'm such a health nerd. Like I personally just love trying things, Uh, but I also love just trying them because I can better talk about them to my clients if it makes sense to recommend it to somebody. So yeah, probably the craziest thing I've done is a coffee enema. Tell us more. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's something that makes all of my clients cringe at first. And then a couple times after they they do it, you know, they'll be like, oh my gosh, I can't not do this now because it's so helpful. I want to try. <laughs> it, it's, it's used for detoxification. So detox of the gut, of the liver, of the kidneys, it can help with all of that. Basically what you're doing is rather than like a saline enema or like a water enema or something like that, you are essentially brewing coffee, organic coffee, not, okay. not processed coffee, and putting it in a little pot with okay. a tube comes from the pot and you put it in your back end. (laughs) Okay. And basically what it does is it helps to, so just like caffeine kind of stimulates the brain, you know, for, for alertness, you know, memory, things like that. It can help stimulate contractions in the colon, which can help with detoxification. So when I bring it into my practice, it's when I'm doing like an antimicrobial cleanse or detox with my clients. If they have some serious infections, like a parasite or a bacteria, which is very common these days, you know, I'll have them do this because it really kind of helps the herbs that they're taking orally to kind of deal with the back end part of it and make sure that those toxins and those bad microbes are actually getting expelled from the body and not reabsorbed Amazing, um, because they can get reabsorbed. So it's a huge part of the detox process. So I always recommend my clients, you know, doing that if they can, unless they have some type of physical damage right down there, or they have like a severe intolerance to coffee that I recommend they don't do it. But that can be a really, really good one. It also can help just with like, I mean, by helping to remove those toxins, you can help to lift brain fog. Wow. Reduce anxiety. Like I remember the very first time I tried one when I was working with a functional practitioner, I was like, this is the weirdest thing ever. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, yeah, I just get myself into. And after I did my first coffee enema, I felt like a wave of calm that I'd never felt before. This is way before I started working on my stress at all. And I was like, wow, this feels amazing. And so I was addicted to that feeling. I was like, oh my gosh, this could be one of the ways out for me. This could be a solution for me. So it's something that I've kind of maintained throughout the years, which has been really, really good. So it definitely takes, you know, I guess no no pun intended, some guts to try. (laughs) It's a very personal, you know, thing to do, but it really can be helpful. (laughs) So that's, that's definitely one of them. And then, like I said, we were talking earlier about doing infrared saunas. So that's something that I just recently got. I did my first one last night um, in my home. I've been several before, but it was really fun. So that's also another really good one for de- for detox. So there's clearly a theme here of, of detox, but like, if yeah. you think about it, I mean, you know, we're just so inundated by toxins today, whether it's the air that we breathe or, you know, the home environment that we're in, you know, the, the toxins that we breathe from our mattress or from our clothes or from our perfume, you know, medications that we're on or that we've been on in the past, you know, the food that we eat or that we ate in the past, anything like that. And also if you have, you know, an infection going on like a parasite or bacteria inside, those are all toxins in the body and pretty much everybody, I can't say that one person couldn't benefit from detoxing because we all can today. We're just, there's so many toxins out there. Even if you are eating the cleanest diet, you're still interacting with some level of, of chemicals in your environment at some point in the day. 
that it's just so helpful to help your, your cells expel those toxins so that they're not building up and causing chronic issues. So I'm all about looking into specifically detox remedies like that. So important. Well, and because you are a wealth of knowledge, I would be remiss to not just continue to ask questions that I'm sure listeners are wondering about. And the first quick one is, so let's say I want to go do this coffee enema tomorrow. Do you need to order like an enema bottle? It sounds so funny to say this word on, on my podcast on Amazon, or are we talking like you go to CVS, get a saline one, empty that out and fill it back up with coffee? Yeah. So it's an actual enema kit. Okay. So I provide my clients with like a handout of what to do and like what exactly to get. Um, Yeah. There's a couple of different kits that you can get on on Amazon. There's like either like a, like a silver pot or there's like a a silicone bag or something. I prefer the pot, but yeah. So there's some supplies that you would get for that. And it's just a matter of like brewing. So please guys don't just try this at home. Basically that's what I was trying to allude to is I don't want people to like Go home right now and do this because it might not be the safest thing. Email Kristen, get her tips and enjoy the day. But I will say, so as far as detoxing goes, for those trainers listening, all of us out there have heard our clients, especially trainers who do nutrition coaching like me, we hear our clients say, oh, I'm coming to your class to detox. I can't wait to sweat and detox or I'm doing this juice cleanse to detox. And we hear that word so much right now in pop culture that to be honest with you, I got annoyed by it. Like, because to me, it seemed like a cop out. I'd rather see someone do a 12 week nutrition program with me and really focus on their goals rather than go to a one-off spin class, quote unquote detox, and then go drink wine later that night. So my question in, you know, conveying my frustration is, what is a good amount of time that you would argue it takes to fully detox of something? And I say that because a couple of years ago, you posted that it takes, I think it was nine days to get alcohol out of your system or seven to nine days. So let's say that it's, we'll use today as an example. It's Tuesday when we're recording. I had alcohol on Saturday. And I've breathed the toxins in Boston since then. And I've had random water from random water fountains. And I've had a one protein bar that was packaged. Let's pretend that's all I'm dealing with. No mercury or anything like that. Or heavy metals that we know of. What is the timeline of, of true, true, true detoxification? Yeah, that's a very complex question. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> <laughs> so, there, I mean, there's like, and this is the most frustrating answer, but there, there really is no set answer for that. Like there's so many factors that go into it between like, you know, what it is that you had, how well your body is at detoxing on its own from that, what other toxins in the body might be holding on to some of those other toxins. Like if there are heavy metals present, like wow. is that holding on to other things, you know, how are your elimination pathways? Like how often are you going to the bathroom? Things like that. How well do you sweat? all those factors come into play. So that's why detox really is such a very complex thing that you really shouldn't work on alone. Because I mean, there's so many things that you could do. There's so many factors to put into play. There's different timelines for different people. And there's also, you can get a detox reaction, what's called a Herxheimer reaction from detox. If you detox too fast, which can be very painful, it can be headaches, 
stomach aches, brain fog, like all the symptoms that you're trying to get rid of can come back if you detox too fast because wow. your body can't keep up with it. So you really have to be careful with it. So anybody who's listening, you know, if you go and Google detox stuff right now, please be careful. I definitely recommend trying to work with some practitioner, whether it's myself or somebody else on this, because especially if you think that you are pretty toxic, chances are detox is going to be a little bit rough for you. So it's definitely helpful to work with someone who's been there and who knows the ways to make detox as gentle and appropriate for your body as possible. But in general, like when I have clients go through, like, let's say a liver detox program, for example, I'll have them do like a three week long liver detox diet where they're eating breakfast, lunch and dinner that's full of like detox related foods, Awesome foods that are known to help to clear out the liver from toxins. So generally speaking, most liver detox diets are about three weeks long. Okay. So to give someone an idea, it's probably a couple of weeks to sort of get through that preliminary detox. Okay. But there's also, there's different phases of detox that our livers go through. And, you know, once you kind of dump the initial phase of toxins, typically it's, it's almost like emptying like a, like a bubble gum machine. Like, you know, you take out half the, half the bubble gums from the bubble gum machine. You're taking out half of it. Right. But then the rest of them come pouring down to the bottom, ready to come out. So it's like the same thing with toxins. It's like you get out that first layer, but then the next ones are ready to come out. So you got to do it again. So there's usually different phases of detox you have to go through. Wow. I'm now curious to work with you on that. That is awesome. I'm sure there's a lot of other people too. That's really, really interesting. And I'm sure that we, you know, guys, if you're listening, please comment and write to us if you want us to do like a specific episode on this, because I'm going to actually shift us kind of back to business. And it's because, you know, you're dealing with these really intricate stories with many individuals. And for those of you who didn't already know, I actually refer clients to Kristen all the time because a client might come to me and say, Hey, I really want to work on fat loss, but here's my gut issue. And I will say, Hey, when you're, when you're dealing with these issues, you really can't lose weight. There's bigger issues at hand. So I will send them to Kristen. And when she's dealing with these very unique scenarios, which is, and you're still running your former business of digital marketing, and now you're writing a book, how have you scaled your business? in order to still service individuals and find time for things like writing. And I know we talked about mentors, like, do you have any, have you worked with anyone? Because I'm sure people want to know. Yeah, it's definitely been an evolving process. And I think that's one of the biggest issues that all entrepreneurs deal with is like, how do I manage this all? How do I prioritize? How do I fit this all in? And it's, I mean, to be honest, it's something that I'm still working on today, but I'm definitely getting better at it. I think one of the biggest things that I that I did early on in my business was I started a group program for, for awesome. my functional nutrition practice so that I could scale the number of people that I could help. So I can bring on up to 20 people at a time in those group programs. Awesome. Whereas I can't work with 20 people one-on-one at a time because that's way too many, you know, calls and, and people to keep track of. I would just be, you know, burning myself out. But in a group program, you, there's so much scale because they're going through a lot of the, the content themselves. And I'm basically doing a brain dump through content, through videos, through handouts of everything that I walk through a lot of my one-on-one clients with. So it's that created a lot of efficiencies. 
I'm a huge fan of automation, like email automation, social media automation, you know, scheduling my Instagram posts in advance so that I can just kind of sit down for like an hour like I did yesterday, crank out a bunch of the ideas that I have, schedule them in a social media scheduling tool, and then they just kind of run themselves so that I'm not, that's not weighing on my mind every single day that I have to do that. So I Mm. kind of bulk different different tasks like that together and just kind of sit down and focus on them because it's much more efficient to do that than to, you know, do one post today, one post tomorrow, one post the next day. It takes so much longer to do that. And it's a lot of mind share. So I'm trying to condense things like that, which has been really, really helpful. Awesome. And then I've hired, I've definitely worked with several, I've worked with about three or four different business coaches at this Amazing. point. I'm always open to, you know, other people's sort of takes on running business and how to sort of get closer to where you want to be with your goals and, you know, removing the things from your plate that you don't want to do and doubling down on things that you do. So that's been really helpful. And at the end of the day, I love working with business coaches because they just hold you accountable to things oh, that I love you that. might kind of slip on yourself. And I mean, that's, I guess, case in point, you know, lately I've been slipping on my book because I've been so busy on kind of working on my business and figuring out how I can get even more scale. So I haven't had time to work on my book, but I also don't have anybody holding me accountable to it. So that's Ooh. something that, that I'm looking into is figuring out how I can build in some more accountability with that, because I know that I know myself very well. And I know that accountability keeps a fire under me. I love that. So that's been really helpful. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt. If you didn't know, I am the CEO, founder, and head coach at Crossroads of Fitness, and our claim to fame is the Dare to Eat Fat Loss Program. I wanted to let you know that we are actively taking on new clients. I have two other lead coaches right now, and if you are interested in losing 6 to 12 pounds in 12 weeks, we want to work with you. We teach what is scientifically proven to be the sustainable rate of fat loss. And you can check out the links in the show notes that will take you to our program offerings on our website. You can always email me or DM me on Instagram. I am happy to enroll you as a new client. I would love to work with you. If you have any questions, let me know and dare to eat. Do you find, so this came up with someone who reached out to me on Instagram the other day. They said, actually two people, they said, I know marketing. I went to school for marketing. I've worked for big companies with marketing and I understand it. And one of them said, what I don't understand is how to create systems for my business. And I have systems in place. I could absolutely be better about it, but I have enough in place with Crossroads of Fitness that I have an onboarding process. I have a flow. I have the way that it works on the inside. And it was all just created as I, as my brain worked. There was no secret recipe. And then the other person said, I know marketing, blah, blah, blah. I know how to sell, but I'm too nervous to do it myself. And so from, you know, we want to ask you, since you have worked with professionals and you've hired business coaches, did they help you with any of those things specifically? Not with regards to setting up processes or things like that. That's really been something I've kind of been figuring out on my own and talking to other coaches in my space about. It's like, okay. what's your process for working with clients? But something that I just did beginning this month is I hired somebody who specializes in automation. Awesome. So I basically handed her over, like, here's my client process. Here's different things. Here's different you know, workflows that I do 
So use tools like Zapier or use my other tools that I'm using that have built-in automation to actually put this into practice. So like client follow-ups, like weekly emails are going to be automated now so that I don't have to manually type out and follow up with every single person I'm working with at the time. And then that's only helping, you know, me become more efficient. And also it's, it's providing an additional sort of touch point with my clients, but it's automated so that I can make sure it gets done. So I'm working with someone on that. So I'm a huge fan of, you know, recognizing where your limits are. And my, my limits are, I don't know how to set up automations. I've never done that before. And I don't want to spend hours of my valuable time figuring that out. It. It. I'd rather just hire somebody who's an expert who could just bang it out a lot quicker and get it done. So that's kind of what this whole year is about is just focusing on what I need to do and recognizing where my limits are and finding someone who does that and just have them do it for me. Amazing. And I think that that's resonating with me so much. I think you're describing the seven steps that I need to take like tomorrow, (laughs) but I want you to go back and imagine yourself when you were about to get your first client. And I want you to describe, because I know I could do this too, Describe for the person listening who is about to get their first client, because I do think that before automation, before all of that, it really does take kind of putting your nose to the grindstone. And hopefully, because I, you know, we all mess up. I I did that for too long. I grinded myself away for too long. And then obviously your health takes a toll, but what amount of hustle and grind would you say you put in that really was purposeful for you? Was it coaching for free? Was it spending late night phone calls. Like, what do you think you did when you got that first client that helped you get to where you are now? Yeah. I mean, one thing that was really beneficial about one of the schools that I went to is that they provided a lot of business training and, and they encouraged us to take on one or two freebie clients sort of as like a practice for, for, you know, being in real life situations with clients. So I took on two people, one, one of which was a friend, one of which was a sister-in-law and helped them with their health for a couple of weeks and just practice coaching on them and ask them for honest feedback. And that was really, really helpful. So, you know, whether you have like a friend or a family member or a colleague that you could just practice your pitch on or practice coaching them through something or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing could be really helpful just to like speak those words out loud, you know, hear someone else's feedback, that's not an actual potential paying client it can be really helpful for preparing yourself for that real life scenario. Awesome. And then also I was very thankful in that my school provided a lot of frameworks for like, here's how to hold an introductory call and here's the format oh, for, wow. leading, for leading a session. I did like not actually give prompts. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, a lot of schools don't. So I was very grateful for that. So I, I still use some of those prompts today, actually. That's awesome. Um, so I, you know, just kind of had those printed out and I basically used that for leading my calls, whether they were an intro call or an actual call. So that was really helpful. But I mean, even if you don't have that, you know, just maybe just kind of like meditating or thinking for a moment about what, it, what is it that I deeply want to convey to this person when I'm talking to them about my services and just, you know, kind of doing a, a free form brainstorm on that could be really fun. Or, you know, when you come to think about like, what's my actual, you know, what are my calls with my clients going to look like? Just brainstorming out the things that you'd want to cover or ask them or teach them about and writing that down. And then from there, kind of organizing it. So there's a lot of ways that you could go about doing it or even just Googling. Yeah. There's something out there that's already Google. <laughs> no, that's so powerful and so helpful because you just, you know, described like you got to sit down, you got to envision 
how you want the conversation to go and, and make sure you cover it. It's pretty straightforward. I think it's just a matter of doing for a lot of people, which you definitely do a lot of doing. Speaking of which, so you guys, she's obviously very intelligent about nutrition and functional nutrition and health and wellness, and you're writing a book. So tell us, because I don't want to forget to mention about your other business, unless you are absolutely not taking on any clients because this is a platform. I think the sky's the limit. And I think speaking to the universe is important. So tell us about it. There might be someone out there who either wants to get into something like this business you're doing, or maybe they need your help. Yeah. So the other business is I, I work with startups like tech startups in the Boston area to help them kickstart and scale their entire marketing programs. So like I said, it's been a very different industry. I work with companies in like data science and security and (laughs) data analytics and like very, very different stuff, like very nerdy, very technical, very detailed spaces. But that's just kind of the space that I started my career in, in marketing. I was hired by a very technical cloud backup company and kind of day one had to dive into all the tactical details really quickly. Amazing. And I just kind of picked it up somehow. And just, you know, when I went off on my own, then, you know, I kind of knew that that was my niche and that I could pick up tactical things like that. And so I just kind of kept focusing on that. So I'm not, you know, I'm working with three clients right now. One is actually a functional medicine practitioner. Cool. So I'm kind of switching into helping, you know, practitioners in the health and wellness space now do the marketing. And I actually, I just got hired by somebody else to be their business coach. It's another health coach. She wants me to be her business coach to help her with the marketing part and sort of the processes and organization of all of that. So that's, it's kind of funny when she reached out because I actually had that on my radar of something I might do at some point. And yeah. Just to kind of help, you know, early on professionals figure that stuff out. So that's maybe where I see that business evolving is more so kind of fusing together the marketing component, marketing and business component yeah. with the health and wellness space, because I really love that even more. And it's, it's much more meaningful to me. And also it's yeah. less context switching, you know, yeah. Oh my gosh. With, you know, a cloud security client to a, yeah. you know, coaching someone through a flare up with their digestion. Like, oh my gosh. It's just two different yeah. minds that I have to turn yeah. on and it's really exhausting, but yeah, so it's really fun. Like I, you know, I, I'm very blessed in that, you know, I went to school for marketing and I I love marketing. So I've used that for my business. And I think that's a big part of why it's been able to grow so fast is because I know the channels and I know how to write and I know the messaging and all of that. So it's, it's been really fun and it it is an honor, you know, helping other people kind of see that growth too. Yeah. It's, I'm so relating to that because of like being on the same wavelength of trying to condense, consolidate, connect, you know, I get the same feeling when I help a fitness person get a real estate deal done, right? Because I don't go from talking about a squat or a deadlift or a class I taught or nutrition to talking about a gas station deal. I'm talking about how to best service someone's, you know, fitness business out of physical location. So I totally agree with that. And because you are so active and you're doing all these different things and you're constantly growing, evolving, what do you do? I know we've talked about like coffee enemas and random things, but is there any like one little tick that you think you have that helps you keep an edge or continue to feel happy or stay present? Like one of the movie producers I recently interviewed said that she does crossword puzzles every night and like super random, but like something like that, it could be getting up early. It could be, I don't know, like a certain show you watch. What is it for you? I think for me, and and this has been something that that started about a year ago, has been meditation. It was something that took a long time for me to get into. And I know that's kind of (laughs) the big thing with meditation for so many people is that it's just hard to get into it. But 
I actually went to like a day long course on meditation. Amazing. And it was really cool. It provided a framework for like how to actually meditate and, and stay with it. And I have for the most part, I mean, there have been some weeks where I've kind of slacked on it, but it's always top of mind. And so I try to make it a point to meditate for at least five minutes in the morning, if not 20 minutes. And then something that I'm intentionally doing this year is giving myself permission to stop and shift things. If I'm feeling tension or anxious or unhappy during the day, like stopping myself, recognizing that, acknowledging that Mm -hmm. and knowing that it's okay to switch and that I don't have to stay in that state because that's what I was operating in prior to all this sort of self work has been, well, this is just how it is. The job's just stressful. I just hate this project, whatever it is. I sort of stay stuck in that mentality Mm -hmm. and it just builds up in your body. You feel, yeah. So I've learned like, I don't, I don't have to do that. I don't, you know, that's, that's not something I have to put up with. I get to choose and I get to shift. So I actually have that as a mantra printed off on my desk that I can stop and shift at any point. So I'm starting to do that more just, you know, if I feel something is going wrong or I'm not feeling good, recognizing that, you know, taking a couple deep breaths, maybe going back to my meditation spot, maybe smelling my favorite essential oil, whatever it is, just doing oh, something to like change and then figuring out what can I do to make the situation better, whether it's just moving on to a different project or whatever, whatever's required. And that has been really, really nice to do. Yeah. Holy awareness. That is just a lesson right there in self-awareness. I love that. And you actually taught me something on New Year's Eve when you and your husband, Ben, were over. You said that if you take your fingers of each hand and you align them together, so your thumb touches your thumb, pointer to pointer, middle to middle, ring to ring, and pinky to pinky, and you place it, you actually said it, you could place it right anywhere. So if like I'm feeling stressed in my chest, I could put it there. A lot of people do it over their stomach and it kind of aligns the energies. I've been trying that. Okay. And I totally feel it. And the way I I would say I feel it is when I go to acupuncture and there's all these, you know, pins and needles stuck in you, you feel energy shift through your body. You feel like my digestion always starts moving. And when I did that, putting my fingertips together, I felt the same thing. It was almost like a, like a, a mini acupuncture session. So I loved that. I just love all these things. You guys, you have to go follow her on Instagram because she is such a wealth of knowledge. So two more questions for you, and then I will let you go. The first one is what's the best advice you've ever been given and the best advice you can give to people listening. And they can be the same thing. I think the best advice, and this was given to me by one of my business coaches a year or two ago was that if you use your own story, you have no competition. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll tell you why in a second. Continue. Yeah. It just, it just really struck a chord with me because, you know, I think especially in the U S you know, there's just such a desire for, you know, being the best out of your competition and always being afraid of competition and all of that stuff. And, you know, we kind of beat ourselves selves up over, you know, trying to be one step ahead of our competitors and, you know, or doing similar stuff as our competitors, just to kind of feel like we're keeping pace. But if you, you know, kind of stop focusing on your competitors and look at what's truly unique about either you as an individual, as an entrepreneur, or you as a business or you as a product, whatever it is that that you're selling or doing, and just kind of focus on that, then you really don't need to worry about your competitors at all. So like, you know, for me, I mean, I think just in general, like in the health and wellness field that I'm in, it's not really a competitive space. Like I found everyone is really collaborative. And I think you cool. probably found that too. But 
you know, at the same time, there are a lot of people who do similar stuff as I do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I could spend all my time being worried about them and, you know, following all of them and being like, oh, shoot, that person did a really great campaign. Like, I need need to keep up. Mm -hmm. But I could also be like, well, you know what, I have this really cool story about the background of everything that I've been through. And nobody else in the world has been through the exact same stuff as I have, or taken the exact same path as Mm -hmm. I have, or had the same realizations that I've had about this whole health journey. So if I speak from that perspective, then my sole clients who want to be on that same path, who want to do the same kind of approach that I did, are going to latch onto that and nobody else is speaking to them about that. So in that way, I can stay unique. And so that's why it really resonated with me. Oh, I love that. I think it's funny you said that because just today, I was thinking if the tables were turned and someone said to me, like, what's your favorite quote? I think mine changes a lot. But today I said to myself and I journaled it, no one is you and that is your superpower. Because anyways, the same exact thing you just said, but it's like, you know, if there's five functional nutritionists and one of them is very open about her, I don't know, depression from her gut health issues. And then on your spectrum, you're talking about the issues you went through with being prescribed so many medications and just wanting to like stop medicating the symptoms. And then you have someone that in the middle is just like, function the nutritionist come to my services. Like the people on that are like, have that compelling story. Like the person who's like, wow, I'm really depressed. They're going to really opt in and they're not going to opt into like maybe sign up today, but they're going to opt into her Instagram and read her posts and read her emails. Just like you send out a bunch of great emails. And I think that that's just exactly what you're talking about is people wanting to feel connected to you. So Do you have any advice that you want to give? I know it's your typical portfolio lifestyle person. Like what kind of advice do you even want to give? Like, do you want to give business advice? Do you want to give health advice? Do you want to give writing advice? Is there anything that you find? Maybe you can even say something that you've been talking to your clients a lot about lately. I think the thing that comes to mind that I could talk about, and it, it probably actually does have a own overlap with like business advice and personal life is, you know, I think, I mean, we could start in the business area. Like, you know, there's so much emphasis on, you know, following certain marketing playbooks or business playbooks, or like, you know, you have to do X, Y, and Z steps to start a business or to scale a business. And there's all these templates and books and frameworks and experts and all this stuff that you could follow. And you can literally drown yourself in that advice. But something that I really kind of dug into last year and am really stepping into this year is the fact that you at the end of the day, if if you own your business, or you have you're in control of your role, you can essentially make it whatever you want it to be, you don't have to follow what all these quote, unquote, experts or gurus or templates are telling you to do something that I've been doing a lot this year has been more so living or guiding my business much more intuitively. So like, looking inwards at like, what would be a really meaningful message to put out here? Or what can I do to like deeply, deeply serve my core clients or what would be a really fun article to write or a fun, 
you know, meaningful educational, you know, Instagram live or Facebook live to do rather than being like, oh, well, I have to build my, my lead gen funnel today because everybody else does it. Yeah. You have never done that. (laughs) Against the wall when I think about things like that. And so I stopped and, you know, thought about that and talked to my business coach about it. And she was like, you don't have to do those things. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Told me I don't have to, but you know, of course I don't have to. This is my own business, and I can do whatever mm-hmm. I want, technically. And so, you know, it was, it was kind of funny that I needed permission for that. But you know, you just sometimes don't think out of the box with that stuff. And so, once I start stopped kind of following that, I just felt so much more freedom and in, in flow with my business. Good. And I think this can apply to you know your health or your life. It's like you don't have to you know stay in that nine to five, or you don't have to you know eat the paleo diet because your favorite blogger does, or you don't have to take you know X, Y, and Z supplements because you saw somebody recommend it. Like you can do what you feel is right for you. So like something that I've really gotten into is is meditation and just kind of you know during the day just checking in with myself and reshifting where I need to. So if I notice that like I'm falling back into a rut or I'm following some thing that somebody else is doing, I always stop and check in with myself to like, see how I feel about that thing. Like, am I getting knots in my stomach about it? Am I getting excited? You know, what's kind of going on and using those indicators for my body to determine like, is this the right thing to do for my business or my health or my life? And that's just been such a more meaningful way to just kind of live with everything that I do. And I think it really applies to everything. And whatever you do put out in the world, it's going to be the most authentic genuine thing that you'll stand behind, you know, through and through, because you feel like it was exactly what you wanted to do, which I think is awesome. And speaking kind of to that, I I also, I've heard so many people talk about, you know, when you're doing the right thing, it won't take a lot of research or thought or strategy because you're not only naturally good at it, but you know, the story you know, I understand like if Jeff has to prepare a bunch of numbers for something, yeah, that's going to take actual preparation to study the numbers he's going to be talking about. But in my case, if I'm going to open up my MailChimp or whatever to write a newsletter, like you're doing as well, I should already know the story I'm going to tell because it lives within me. And I can tell just from reading your newsletters that they're just exactly what you've lived, what you're currently living, what you're planning to do. And so I think that that's a really good testament to, or I guess I can see what you described you're doing because I, it's coming through as, you know, as an outsider who gets your emails. So I think that's amazing. And, you know, knowing that that's kind of your mantra right now, it's hard to even ask this question, but do you have a place in mind of where you want to be in 10 years or five years? Yeah, it's kind of funny you ask that because I did... I did a, at the beginning of the year, I did a goal setting session, which I don't really believe in, in New Year's resolutions per se, but I really was kind of ready for kind of a fresh direction on a lot of things. And so part of that whole goal setting exercise was deciding like what, or estimating what we want our five-year goal to be. And I was kind of bold in that I said, you know, I want to, in five years have reached and impacted millions of people, not like directly have worked with millions of people because I'm not a superhuman, but, (laughs) you know, 
having gotten my message across to that many people through, you know, the book or books that I'll have out by that time. And, you know, my continuously growing social media platform and my group programs and all of that stuff, I just continue to, you know, grow those and scale those in a really meaningful way. And, you know, I don't even want to, you know, grow to have that big of an audience for revenue purposes. It's, it goes back to the purpose that I started my business at was that I just want to help people find out that they have other options and that they can be in control of their health. That's, that's the entire reason I started this business. And, you know, one of the reasons why I even started doing group programs and why I want to, you know, now be getting my book out there is because I want more people to, to hear this messaging and know that, you know, if they feel stuck with their health or, you know, their current treatments or on their medications or wherever they, they are right now with their health, that, you know, they have options. There's more natural ways to work with your body. And I think all those avenues are going to be ways to get there. So that's kind of my probably five to 10 year goal for sure. That's amazing. Just getting your message out there. I mean, that's why you started. And I love that. But exactly as you said. Do you have anything that you think will really help you do that or any hurdles you first see? I mean, I think as a business owner myself with online presence, Instagram is so frustrating or, you know, search engine optimization. Like, are you doing enough? Are you doing it right? Like, are there any things that you think of that you're like, you know, I really think it's going to grow because of the book or is there anything you're leaning towards or you're feeling like you're being called to do more of, whether it's email or more Instagram or more Facebook lives? I don't know yet. I mean, I think it's just, it's more about doing things on each of those channels that feels more meaningful and not feeling like, oh, I have to, you have to three yeah. Facebook lives per week and two Instagram posts a day and like one blog post a week, like yeah. just kind of, I mean, definitely consistency and all of those, but not staying too rigid, just kind of getting stuff out there when, when, and where I want to probably, you know, the biggest thing, I mean, at some point I would, I was actually talking to one of my, one of my good friends earlier today about the fact that I would love to open up a storefront at some point. Oh, that'd be amazing. So that's, that's been kind of calling to me, but I think right now, like the, the biggest thing is really kind of getting my book out there. Do you think besides writing the book, do you have a platform that you enjoy more than others? If you asked me in the middle of last year, I would have said Instagram, but I'm starting to utilize Facebook, specifically my Facebook profile more. And I've been finding, I've been having a lot of really great conversations with, oh, with great. people there because I'm connected with a lot of like family and friends and stuff who I know could use this advice, but they might not necessarily be following me on Instagram because I keep that mostly business. So I haven't really talked to like my personal channels too much about this stuff until the past couple of months. And so it's been really fun just kind of helping, you know, I've had several family members, whether distant or not, you know, join some of my programs or, you know, comment on my posts and stuff. And that's really meaningful. But I'm also, you know, just building a bigger network there and able to, I think, have a little bit more of a personal conversation than I feel like I can have on Instagram, oh. at least like commenting. So that's been something that I've been playing around with and I've really been having fun with it. So I'm going to continue that this year. That's awesome. And I think it's also kind of cool because everyone has a different journey of like, you know, my page started personal and that I talked about business stuff and then I changed it to business page, but it's still my name. And you have Thrive by Food is like your main handle for your business. But I feel like I see you more on there than your personal one. So I always think it's interesting to hear like where people started with what handle, if they have multiple. So I think that's actually really good insight for people listening. And 
I feel like there was one more thing I wanted to cover with you. Oh, I saw that for 2019, you were really trying to be more consistent with the gym. And I just wanted to check in on how you're doing and your headspace towards like maybe why you decided to get more into that. I've always been athletic. I mean, I, you know, as a kid, I loved playing sports. I mean, my parents enrolled me in, you know, every, you know, grade school sport that I could just to kind of see what I liked. And it's been a little bit of a struggle, like when there's not, you know, a structure of like a team sport and like daily practices and, you know, competitions and stuff like that to kind of stay on track. So that like, as I got busier in my career, that it was harder to stay on top of that. And especially last year, you know, with all of sort of the growth and, you know, the different business programs that I enrolled in and stuff, I just didn't have much time to exercise. And I really kind of, by the end of last year, I just really kind of felt a little bit down about it. Not like, not like down about where my body was or anything like that, but it's just exercising is a really nice outlet for me. And I, I truly think it's a hobby for me. And so I just really missed being there. And every week I would feel bad if I didn't get there enough. So this year I just said, you know what, I'm, I need to get back into just recognizing that working out is my hobby. It's something good. It's a nice stress relief. I get a ton of ideas when I'm working out. Oh, yeah. So it kind of benefits everything. So I have worked out almost every day in January. And I hope that that will, you know, continue yeah. the rest of the year. But it's, it's felt really good. Good. I'm so glad to hear that. I, it's like dare to move. I like when I see people doing it, I'm like, yes, but thank you so much for your time. I'm going to put all the links in the bottom of this so people can find you and learn about your programs and your newsletter and all the great things. And hopefully I'll be able to come over soon to your infrared sauna because I saw you doing that on Instagram yesterday. I was like, I want to come. But yeah, thank you again. And I just, I can't wait to see all of this year has for you. Yes, you too. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Well, I'll talk to you very soon. If you guys are putting up your preach hands and nodding your head yes to things that are said either out of my mouth or out of my interviewees' mouths, and you so, so, so relate, we would absolutely love to see you post about our podcast in your Instagram stories. Please also comment on our Instagram Dare to Move podcast posts. If you do a post in your stories three times and you comment on one of our podcast posts and you give us a review on iTunes or whatever platform you are using, we will be rewarding one lucky person every month with a $100 gift card to Amazon. Your comments, your feedback, your critiques, and your reviews are so helpful to us. So thank you for those of you who have done them. And please, please, please help us out if you are enjoying our content. It helps us out when you share it with your community and when you tell iTunes that we're doing a great job. So please comment, please share on Instagram in your stories, please comment on our Dare to Move podcast post and we will enter your name into a drawing for a hundred bucks. Easy money, guys. Thanks again. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to connect, you can reach me at Garrett N. Wood on Instagram or the podcast Instagram at Dare to Move Podcast. Imagine that. I hope you have an amazing day. And just so you know, our podcast is where we explore all the productivity hacks, 
business scaling tools, and unique characteristics and personality traits of entrepreneurs leading the way in the portfolio lifestyle. Get inspired, gain actionable steps, and feel like you're connecting with genuine people who are making an impact all by way of careers which they designed. And that being said, if you are someone doing any of the aforementioned, I would love to have you on the show. I obviously explore my network and reach out to the people I know, but I want everyone to have an opportunity. So do not hesitate to reach out and request an interview and let me know if you know somebody who you think would be really exciting for the Dare to Move podcast to interview. I hope you have an awesome day and as always, dare to move. Dare to move.